jolts with Larry Flick on Sirius XMLQ. Classic music by U2 getting us started on a Monday morning. That's Elevation. It is three past the hour on this Monday, as I said, November 16th. Gosh, the month is flying. You're listening to The Jolt on Sirius XMLQ. I'm Larry Flick. And um, still ahead this morning, we're going to be talking with uh, the very talented Erin Richards from the Fox show Gotham. That's coming up in our next hour. Uh, also coming up in our next hour is a conversation with Joss Stone about her new album, Water for the Soul. We are joined right now by, oh my gosh, she's so, so cute. The, uh, the, the activist, the actress, the model who happens to be transgender. Her name is Lauren Foster. It's nice to see you. Good morning, Larry. Thank you so much for having me. It's my pleasure. You look smashing. Well, thank you. It's yes. nice and cold in New York, so I can wear coats. I know. It's a very nice one, too. Very, very nice one, indeed. So um, you keep very, very busy with a variety of things. You're about to launch a new website. Yeah? I just launched a website uh, last month called justanothergirl.org. And uh, and uh, the purpose of that site is? You know, it started, I, I'm writing a memoir, and um, uh, my good friend Reed Price said to me, he said, you know, you should have a website to t- talk about the book. And it started there, and now it's I'm helping trans teens. I made it teen-friendly, so a child of 9 or 11 or 12 can go to the site mm-hmm. and get information, things like I wish that I had years ago. Because when did you begin your external journey? Uh, My external journey was complete when I was 18. When you were 18. Mm-hmm. And uh, do I dare ask how long ago that was? Uh, like 30 years ago. 30 years ago. Correct. So that was at a time when did people even know what it meant to be transgender? Did people you know, even I use did. that word? I don't think they did. That word wasn't out there. No, I think because I'm thinking 30 years ago I would hear the word transsexual, which that's, that's is the word that was so arcane now because it sexualizes everything about gender. You know, it's, it's just I, transgender now is such an umbrella term. Yeah. And you just, you know, it could be anybody, really. I mean, a- anybody at any time of the day could, or, or, or in their life just figures out that they are gender fluid mm-hmm. and they'd like to be referred to with different pronouns and things like that. So you have to, you have to accommodate everybody now. Yeah. And um, sometimes I think it's good and sometimes I think it's not so great um, because it, I think it kind of, I liked actually being known as transsexual. Did you? I did because it was, well, not that I wanted anybody to know the story, but if to to do self, to self-medicate, or not self-medicate, to self-analyze or self-diagnose mm-hmm. myself, I, I, I was happy with that because it was, it, it kind of simplified things. It was like, oh, okay, so that's what I am. You know, it's so funny. I think, um, uh, it's a generational thing because we're from roughly the same generation, I suspect. Correct, I'm sure. Um, and and um, I, I too, like, um, I prefer the more aggressive words myself. I, I, I identify, I'm, I'm, I'm gay, but I, when, when using, you know, a larger term, I like the word queer. I don't enjoy the letters. I think the letters are kind of segregating and clinical. 
And, um, and I celebrate the sexuality of being gay in addition to, I feel like we're, we're afraid to celebrate our, our sexuality. And that's kind of where I think this is going. That's actually. what I mean. Yeah. And so, so did you feel like you were back then when you were discovering this part of who you were, when you were discovering the woman you are, what, part of that had to be your sexual identity. Not of just course. your gender identity. No, it was definitely a sexual identity and a gender identity. And and they are not the same thing. They're definitely different. They're definitely different. And I was lucky enough, I met somebody like myself mm-hmm. when I was very young. And she kind of guided me through, you know, the pitfalls of everything. And, and my parents were, I was so blessed. I had beautiful parents. May they rest in peace. But um, they allowed me to be who I was. Mm. And allowed and paid for my medical transition and things like that. But um, yeah, I think it's. It, I, I liked the. I liked the clinical. I like to be known as a transsexual person because mm. it was. Now it's so like, there's so many people that fall under the umbrella of transgender. It's it's a little it's a little cloudy. It's a little. It's a little murky. It's a little generic. I actually, I think one of the things I celebrate most about. The, the man I, I've become is how not generic my life has been and how not generic it is to be the kind of man I am. And I don't mean me personally. I mean gay men of my generation. We were not, we were not cookie cutter back in the, in the 80s, in Right. The that 70s. being said, though, do you also feel like, do you want to be known as Larry Flick, the gay radio guy not necessarily but it doesn't it doesn't bar, bother me as much as i think it would bother other people it doesn't bother you as much okay yeah i mean well, i i think and i think it might be because um i've already done all the other things that i've wanted to do i think it comes from age i think the older i am the more i'm just sort of like you can't i can't own what you think of me any more than you can own who i am and you can't, and and also because you're so well known as well. I think that has a, has a lot to do with it, because of being on Housewives. I'm I'm so well known now. Before I wasn't, and I and I, I kind of like that anonymity. And now it's just I think people look at me differently now. Well, you don't know who you can trust, right? You know, you know, yeah, you don't. You know don't who know you who wants trust. what and how much and what they're really looking for and. Right, and it's such a, I don't know, it's such a subversive world. Yeah. So that's Lauren Foster joining us here on The Jolt. I'm Larry Flick, and um, justanothergirl.org is the address. Um, So you are originally from South Africa. I am Durban, South Africa. Durban, South Africa. And uh, did you begin this uh, this process in South Africa? Were you there? Or I had, did. Had no, you... I did. I had it. Everything was done there. And the doctor that actually did my procedure um, worked in Durban. And uh, everything was done there, yeah. Was it easier to to come out there? You know, it's, what it's, was, a, what was it's, a, it's a British Commonwealth... Um, state really and it's colonial and old-fashioned but also very accepting and very almost progressive in a way mm. that's yeah. I, that's kind of my impression i was wondering uh if if part of the the family acceptance and the because uh, your, your your story is one of of bravery but i don't feel i'm not finding any any elements of 
and then I had to eat dirt, kind of. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Uh, so <laughs> there was no dirt. There eating. was no, but you know what I mean because you Correct. because because it wasn't quite like being in red state America or being you know having to be a sex worker in New York City because your parents are kicked. It, it seems like it was a, a different kind of of bravery required. Uh, it was. It was more almost. It was more bravery of my soul, bravery of my psyche, yeah. more than anything else. I didn't have to. I, I had no. I had no unbearable conditions that were thrown at me. I mean, my parents were accepting. I was, came from a privileged background. I was fortunate that I so yeah. I, I sidestepped those things. Thank God. But when you but when you went public and and you became a model, um, that is a. Uh, Honestly, something that we're still ta- we're still talking about your journey as a model, as a trans woman, but we're also talking about how few others there are successfully doing it. So, how did you find? Were you were you were you kind of like you know the the pickle on top of the the, the ice cream sundae, and people were like, "Well, that's exotic and different." You know, no one knew back then. No one knew except my booker, of course, knew. And it was, a, you know, it was small town stuff and it wasn't really, it wasn't, it wasn't big times. Only when I went to Europe and started modeling for bigger magazines and, and doing shows and stuff that it started coming out. And then um, actually a photographer sold my story and it came out, I think, in the Inquirer or Globe and Bunter in Germany and a couple of magazines ran, ran that story. Vogue model was a man. And, but then, you know, it was pre-internet, so it was, and I say this almost every time I interviewed, it, 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 the story was lying at the bottom of a birdcage in a week, and people forgot about it. Now it's, it's, it's the internet. True. Of course, now it all comes up and you can't escape anything. Yeah. But back then it was just, you know, I I was almost naive about it, I, I think, in, in, in those days. I really didn't think, I didn't give it that much thought. You know, after, after getting a couple of, great jobs and things I th- just kind of I didn't I honestly didn't think about it that much um, what do you what do you make of the world's response to to other to other trans people in, in the public eye there seems to be well first of all it seems to be quite the the flavor of the moment right where we're, you know it's it's Laverne Cox. It's Caitlyn Jenner. It's you know, it's Chaz Bono. It's it's all very. It, it's it's glamorous struggle is sort of how it seems to be playing out. I don't know that I like to be a flavor of any month. I don't like to be a flavor. I just want to be known for what I do and mm. how I do my work and and a work ethic. Or I I don't think I want to be known as a flavor of the month. I think it. Flavors of the month are just that. They last for only a short yeah. time. So I'm 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 trepidatious that, that this is all gonna end soon and then it won't be a flavor a month and we're gonna turn out attention to something else. So I mean I think it's great that we have so many people out there now and they're all speaking for us and so far doing a good job. I mean K- Caitlin Jenner says some great things. Laverne of course always says great things. I'm a big admirer of Laverne Cox. Um, Janet Mark. Um, there's just some, there's my friend Andrea Pejek, who's a beautiful model, who's also transitioned. Yeah. Um, you know, there's there's some great people out there, but 
there's also a lot of great people that you don't know that are out there. And those, to me, are the heroes of this of this struggle. And this, you know, I, I, I think about the trans women that, uh, of color that have been murdered all, all the, you know, daily almost. Yeah. And those are the people that I think that need our help more than anybody else. Those, pe- those are the people that we need to give a voice to. And, and they're, they're the people that need to be helped. Caitlyn Jenner doesn't need anybody's help. No, Caitlyn Jenner is Caitlyn quite wealthy. Caitlyn just fine. <laughs> Vern Cox doesn't need anybody's help. No. I don't need anybody's help. It's the people who are struggling that need our help and need our voice. Does it does it uh, puzzle you ever that thirty years since, or you know, roughly thirty years since your transition, it's still being all of this is still very new to people. You've lived. I, you've lived a very rich full, thorough life up to this point. You have much, many more years to go, but right. but it's not like we're talking about something that happened to you last week. No. Definitely right? a lot of A lot of life has happened. A lot. A Actually, lot. it's 40 years, not 30. 40. 40. Goodness. <laughs> even more. Even more profound than right, right. That, that, you know, 40 years down the line, it's still, it's still for some a, a new and maybe odd thing. It's well, well I don't know. I, I, I think it should never be seen as being odd, and I, and I find that all this attention makes it seem odd. I've had wonderful relationships with men that have never, before I was more famous than I, you know, before when I was less famous, um, and it never really bothered them, and we never really spoke about it. Then, but now I think it's now I think men are 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 looking at women like myself a little differently, and I you know I think it's almost going in the reverse direction for some people, and I think that's troubling. Then we get back to flavor of the month. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So Lauren Foster joining us here on the Jolt. We're going to continue chatting uh, here with uh, with Lauren about um, her life and uh, her future. Stick around. The new single by Jess Glynn. That track is called Don't Be So Hard on Yourself. God, that's a good track. It's uh, just nearly 22 past the hour on this Monday, November 16th. I'm Larry Flick, and you're listening to The Jolt. On Sirius XM we have Lauren Foster here, and we're just having a little kiki during the song. Like I said to her, Len is sleeping. <laughs> Hi, Len. Hi, Len. Roll over now, baby. Anyway, <laughs> I've known Len for many years. So, so uh, Lauren Foster is here. She is a she's an actress, a model. She just launched a new website, justanothergirl.org. She's working on a memoir, and um, and she, uh, of course, you also remember her from the Real Housewives of Miami. What was that like? That was so much fun. Was I it loved, fun? It was fun. I loved I loved the girls. I, I love I love my Leah. My Leah. I Leah miss Black her. is a lovely lady. Yes. she's a lovely lady. She's Leah's. Everybody's friend, really. She's Mo- cool. mostly. She's friend. she's cuckoo, but I love the cuckoo. She's but Marisol was my friend that brought me on the show. She was great. Her mother, mm. I love Elsa. Yes, her of mother. course. Um, Anna Kinsones, she's amazing. Alexia Echeverria, she's great. The other girls are Adriana, I love. The other girls, I didn't really spend much time with them, but it was very interesting, very dramatic, very fun. You know, you you you, ne- you never come out of a Bravo show unscathed. No, you don't. No, you don't. You don't. You don't. But uh, but what what did you what did you um, 
again, there's all this like first this, first that, right? You know, first transgender housewife. Um, what what was that like? What was it like to have that kind of follow you as opposed to just being Lauren hanging out on the show? Because I look at you and I just think, well, that there's Lauren Foster. And yes, I am just another girl. And well, you know, it was it was great for the first couple of episodes. Um, no one really knew who I was. And you know, on the bottom bottom of the sh- of, of of the TV, it said Lauren Foster. I think it said model socialite. I think which I mm-hmm. hate that word socialite. And because um, I'm not. And then I think we were going to gay polo in Palm, in Palm Beach and we in the limousine and Marisol. I think Marisol said. Oh, who better to go to gay polo than transgender model Lauren Foster? Oh. Everybody loves her, you know. And then my social media just exploded, you know. But, but it was it was interesting. It was you know because they didn't make a big deal of it when when you signed on. But but I don't forget I wasn't a housewife. I was a friend. of You were a friend of a house, but friend still of I wasn't a housewife. No, they didn't make a big deal of they it. They didn't make a big deal. It started off with me just doing you know the first guest spot, and I think. The audience reacted well to me, so I was invited. So I said, back "Please back film, yes. please film more with Lauren." <laughs> <Right>. uh, <laughs> it was but, fun, but uh, but but at the same time, though, having been a model and having, um, it's very very interesting that that um, that you would find yourself in the modeling world um, because there is so much um, there's so much there's some such a prize on. What's the term that is so gross that people love passing? There, yes, it's, it's a huge it's a gr- prize. It's right? also it's a huge prize, and it's something that I've been fortunate. Yes, I had I, I pass obviously. It's and some, but some, but that that connotation, that moniker of passing, mm. it's, it's awful. It's word. awful. It's awful. It's it, it because it make it makes people who don't pass. It denigrates them, and it makes them feel like less of a person or less of a woman. Well, you're not any less of a woman just because you. I have a lot of ordinary girlfriends that are biological female that don't look, you know, who are not being asked to do Vogue. Right, you be you're asked to do Vogue because of a of a of, of a talent that has something to do with your smoldering in front of the camera. Yeah, really. I yeah. mean it's a skill. So, what was that shoot like, by the way? You know, to be honest with you, that shoot wasn't as the the after the aftermath of it was when it came out in the magazine. Yeah. That was to me amazing. But at the time, I was living in Mexico City, and I just went on a go see, and um, they called me back and they said, "You got the job." And I was like, "Oh, great! What's it for?" And they were like, "Vogue." I'm like, "Oh my god!" Do you just, faint when you get I Vogue? I died. I absolutely died. It's like the, it's like the holy grail of modeling, died. right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Now that one you didn't want to line the bird cages with, right? That was that was the one that just amazing. To did you go buy it off a newsstand? Of course, I had like four of them. I actually don't have any of the whole magazines left. I have the pages, the tear sheets from it. But yeah. When my father passed away, um, uh, the, the people that went to clear out his house cleared out everything, including I don't have any photographs of my first wedding, my first that that. That magazine, I have, I lost so much stuff, but mm. fortunately, Condé Nast has, you know, all their. They have archives. everything. They have everything. They have so, everything. Yeah. Um, so, what, what was, uh, what was your transition out of modeling like? What, what did you, what were you? 
Um, you know, when I, when I, when I, I, I actually moved to to Los Angeles, and after my fir- after my first um, marriage dissolved, I started working with Jeffrey Sanka, who was one of the biggest gay party promoters in the world. Yeah. And that was a great segue and kept me busy for the next 11 years. And we're actually still really great friends. He's a great guy. That's really good. And that was, a, that was something that just took me right out of modeling and straight into that, you know, circuit craziness. Oh, my goodness. Seen, she, in other words, she's seen everything. Yeah. I, yes. She has seen it all, darling. From the saint to the white party and back. Isn't that something? Mm-hmm. Um, so you're, you're writing your memoir. I am. What are you finding is the, the most um, joyful era of your life to revisit? Because is it is it is it full lifespan or is it zeroing? It's, no, on? it's full lifespan. It starts off actually with uh, the end of a love story, uh, a love affair that I that ended a little while back for me, and there was a lot of pain involved. And then from that, I started writing about it because I always write when I feel down or whatever. And from that, I just started thinking about other parts of my life and, and came together. I've always wanted to write my memoir. Everybody said, you should write, you should write, you should write. Yeah. And um, the great, you know, all the great parts that I remember, Grace, my life, my time with Grace Jones was amazing. She's such an, a fabulous person and such a great uh, artist. Um, my times with my family were beautiful. Um, I this been a lot of joy and a lot of celebration in my life. I've been very blessed. Is there any part that you're not looking forward to writing or that you couldn't wait to get done? Um, the passing of my parents is difficult. Also reliving old relationships. You know, you go, you write, uh, I've just written like four pages a couple of nights ago, and you write it and then you look at it and you think, hmm, you know, maybe I should change a word or two here or that sentence shouldn't be right and then you have to relive that emotion all over again and it's like it tears you apart inside mm. you know so that that can be a little you know not so great um when when, when you um when you when you scan back to your youngest days in south africa could you see any hint that this is where you would land I had some kind of a vision. Actually, I just wrote about it. I had some kind of a vision. I saw when I was a, when I was about thirteen years old, and I would look at myself in the I'd look at my stare at myself in the mirror, thinking, "Okay, change, change. You know, something change. You know, you're a girl. Change. You know." I would think to myself, "Okay, something needs to change." I didn't know what it was, and um, I just. I used to think I, I would dream in my in, in my bed, and I did. I kind of did see this. I kind of saw. I saw some kind of journey that wasn't there. And because could you when you're when you're when you're a child, and you're you're living with the external boy gender right. characteristics, do you are you able to picture yourself as a man? I, I never I never pictured myself as a man could ever. You, could you see what, pictured myself as a woman? Could all you the see time. what you looked you, what you would what you think you would look like? Because because I remember when I was a little boy, I, I used to imagine I used to lay in bed and just think about you know oh, little kids always want to be grown up, right? And I would always later and think, I wonder if I'm gonna look more like my dad or my mom. And it turns out I look more like my dad, even though when I was a kid I looked more like my mom. And um, 
and I and 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 I would it would fantasize what my face and my body would look like, and and I'm always interested when I talk to someone who's had the the external life experience of uh, that you've had, when you're a child and you no doubt have that experience, is it is it a is it as painful as I think it would be? It it was painful. It was definitely painful. It was it was confusing. I mean, it used, I just wanted to see a girl every time I looked in the mirror. And I remember the first time I, I started plucking my eyebrows and polishing yeah. my nails and things like that. And, and then I I would come alive. Did you think you were gay? No, no. You never thought no. you were gay. Well, at first, I, I at first I thought I was gay because that was the only answer to it. Because you because were attracted I'm to. Attra- definitely only attracted, attracted to, men. to men for right. sure. And um, so then, of course, that's what you are taught to believe because yeah. that's the only answer. Back then, you know, the, what transgender wasn't even. I know about. that's it was, what it I was mean. Nothing. That's, was nothing. That's the thing. There were no points of reference. Even though it goes back to the Egyptian days, there were no points of reference for you, right? right unless than, you want to go into some, you know, old Bible or something. Yeah. So so. It's not like uh, you know the the great the great thing about a kid now is that there are many points of reference. You're you're one of them, but when you're you know when you're a kid and you're in South Africa, you know it's not even like you know I mean you're in South Africa and you're laying there and you're and and you're. I mean, yeah, I'm thinking. Do you think you're gay? Do you think my life is going to be torment? How do you assemble the pieces? Do you remember the day you assembled that final piece that said, "I am." Not male. I'm female. I remember that day. What was that day? Can you tell us? I remember that day. I was in a um, I was in a, a department department store with my mother at a fashion show that, that she was watching. You know, not, uh, not a big fashion show, but like a ladies' tea lounge, and she would go. And, and I met that one woman that was like myself, transgendered as well. And I saw her across the across the department store. She was a window dresser there, actually. Her name is Sharice Thompson. I remember her to, to this day. And we locked eyes, and I was like, that's who I am. And I was drawn to her like a magnet. Mm. And she, and th- from that moment on, I knew that was what exactly what I wanted to do. That's what I wanted to be. And I saw myself as a woman from that day onwards. It must have been like the clouds breaking. It was unbelievable. That's it was awesome. the most amazing feeling ever. Lauren Foster joining us here on The Jolt. So... What was it's funny because I remember when we had um, Chaz Bono here, and again it's it's it, it I, I to me I'm I'm putting my I'm putting my own experiences into into the conversation in that when I was evolving from boyhood to manhood, the first mark of being a man was shaving. It wasn't until I could put a razor to my face and cut hair off my skin that I felt like I was officially a man what was the first thing that you did that made you feel officially a woman well i used to lie in the bathtub of my male bits tucked away like like a mermaid Mm -hmm. um i used to wear a bikini top um even when i would go out swimming because we had a swimming pool the house where i grew up in and i used to suntan with my bikini top on because I didn't want to expose my nipples, because I thought it would be unladylike. And those were little things that I remember doing that, you know, that was, I just found it to be normal. I was a dancer when I was very young. Oh, really? And my, my mom would, I'd have outfits made for, and I remember we were having these silver sequin short 
made and I said, well, I have to have a top made too, you know, to cover my top. My mother was like, why? I'm like, I can't show my nipples. Things, little things like that that just I a, remember. And it's, again, it's so fascinating, the intuition. And right? it just came to me. It, it was like, nothing that I, it, it just seemed normal, that's completely not, normal. Yeah, because what you're talking about isn't desirous, it's intuition. It's just I had to cover my nipples. It's, it's what you, you know, like yeah. you're, you're, you know, because that's for you the right. So how important was it that not only that you be uh, the woman you knew you were, but that you would also be a beautiful woman? Because obviously you are a beautiful woman, and part of part of what your life has been has been trading in on your beauty. I think that being beautiful or being thought of as beautiful helps a great deal, especially in this role that I'm, I'm playing, yeah. definitely. But then I, but the, but then I also see the other side where it can, can hurt it. So, but I'm for, uh, but I'm, I, I'm, I'm happy that I am an attractive person because it do, has opened doors for me that would never open before. Mm. Would never open before, and I've gotten away with things, if you want to use that yeah. analogy, um, that I could never have done before if I wasn't attractive. So that's so that I'm I, I'm thankful for that. But um, I don't want to place too much too much in that side of it. I want to I want to help people. That that's what that's where I find my calling is now to help people. Mm. I, I I just on Sundays I read all the emails that I get on my website. And so, they're so amazing and I feel so much for these people that write write into me because they see me as a role model and yeah. I'm, I'm like I'm you see me as a role model. <laughs> you know it's crazy. Uh, but I they're so beautiful and they're so unloved some of them are unloved some of them don't understand what their journey mm. and I, I i want to just help them see the light maybe if you well, want to say well i think i think that you're a, a perfect role model in that you um you are evidence that that none of the other uh, voices in mainstream media and pop culture have been able to provide and that is evidence of a happy life yes and because, that I definitely because have because had you a happy have life. because you have been in 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 your true self for 40 years that's that's a different kind of evidence than even our most articulate young trans man or woman can offer because yeah they're still you know reasonably young in their journeys and 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 you're 40 years in, you're successful in every possible way, whether it be external and superficial or, you know, spiritual and, and, and personal. And I think that's the most aspirational. I walk in my truth and I'm, and I'm proud and I'm proud of that. And I've, I, I've been helped by the, my friend Marianne Williamson has guided me. Mm. Um, she's a spiritual guru and a friend of mine for for many years, well, and she's helped me see that spiritual side of me and helped me walk in my truth. So for that, well, I'm grateful. I'm delighted that you came to see us today. I'm delighted. What that a I'm here. You what have a been joy! Sweet. What a joy! Please hope. Please please come see us again I and again and sure. again. And um, and honestly, uh, I'm so th delighted for everybody that you're you're stepping up your your. Um, your public persona right now because I think that your voice is really important in a way that no one else's can be because again you are enduring in and and flourishing in a way that 
many people pray to be. So congratulations. Thank you, thank you so you much. Wow, that. I'm almost in tears. Oh, <laughs> you're very sweet. Thank you so much, Larry. Anybody's ever said anything that's so nice to me. Well, it's, it's, really it's, it's sincere and from the heart. Uh, Lauren Foster, look for her memoir. She'll be coming here to talk about it if she knows what's good for her. And uh, go to her website, justanothergirl.org. Justanothergirl.org. It's a terrific site, and it's up and running right now. Stick around. There's more to come on The Jolt. Oh!